Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Robin Corrales. Robin is the Global Senior Vice President of HR at PandaDoc, the leading all-in-one document flow automation platform. As a hands-on, diversified human resource leader, Robin creates sustained value in fast-paced, dynamic environments by building strong teams and identifying, assessing, and executing organizational initiatives that drive business success. In her role at PandaDoc, she is focused on building a talented organization that will help scale the business while maintaining its best workplace culture. Welcome to the show, Robin. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's really exciting to be here. Great. So let's get started. So Robin, as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Sure. My pleasure. I had a a little bit of a roundabout way to get into technology. My career started in the printing industry um, and I worked in print advertising for 12 years. And the entire time that I was there, I knew I wanted to get into advertising. I wanted to be more on the advertising side uh, versus the, the publication side. And eventually made that dream a reality and moved into advertising, then making my way into advertising technology and eventually into a SaaS startup. So unconventional way to get here, but made it here nonetheless. No, that's great. And many, many, many people have that unconventional by accident way of getting into technology. So you're not alone. So Robin, you're a clear leader in everything that you do. Can you share with us some of your best practices around building and leading great teams, especially for women? Yes. So for me, I think that leadership really comes down to empathy and understanding the needs of the individuals that are on your team. And that's especially true for women. Um, you know, when, when I look at my team, I, I work in human resources. So I have a team that is mostly comprised of, of females because HR typically um, is more, you have more females in, in human resources overall. Um, but my team com- is comprised of about 90% females and 10% males. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I think about you, know, how I lead that group, right? There's no one way to lead the entire team. Um, each person on my team is unique, has a unique set of needs, um, and has different circumstances. So. I make a really solid effort to get to understand who the people are on my team and lead them according to how they need to be led. So, you know, to just elaborate a little bit, there are people on my team who are relatively junior and those individuals need more time. They need more attention and they need more handholding. They also need more confidence building, right? So that they can know uh, that they're making the right decisions. So it's not about overmanaging them, right? But it's about building the confidence in each of those individuals to set them on a path for success. Then I have people who are really senior and the only thing they want from me or they need from me is to get things out of their way so that Mm -hmm. they can do their best work. And I'm okay with that because as, as a leader, I believe my number one responsibility 
is to create an environment where they can be successful. So blocking and tackling, moving things out of their way. Um, you know, I hire really smart people who know what, what needs to be done. And my job is to help them accomplish that. That's great. So I, I take from that, that, you know, leadership comes for each person in a different flavor. So as you're leading your team, it's not one size fits all. Everybody needs a different level of leadership. So you give each one what they need. Now, does that give you, how, how does that work in how you feel? Like, do you feel like it's taking a lot out of you when you're leading each team member differently or will the one size fits all be easier but not as effective? So what a great question. Um, I think it depends on the day. There are certainly <laughs> days where you have a trying individual on your team and mm -hmm. maybe you know, you're having a bad day yourself or um, you really just want to tell them what to do, right? Because you need to get something done. Mm -hmm. um, but you know that in that moment, right, that it's going to pay off dividends if you manage them the way they need to be led instead, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you give them the opportunity to um, either to find their way instead of telling them what to do, or you give them the latitude and grace that they need in that day, even though it may take a lot out of you. So some days it can be pretty draining. Mm -hmm. um, but in other days, it's really more rewarding and it gives me energy to see my team grow um, and flourish because of how I am able to lead them and manage them. And there's no better reward than when, uh, you know, somebody has a tough day or someone has a unique challenge that I really either want to solve for them, right? I'm a fixer. I'm like, I just mm -hmm. want to go fix it. Mm -hmm. um, and to allow them to fix it themselves or help them fix something themselves and for them to come back and say, you know what, thanks so much, right? Like that's exactly what I needed in that day. Um, and, and sometimes you get that. And that's the most rewarding part of, of being a leader. Yeah, I love that you said that the more senior people just want a hands-off approach. They just want you to get things out of their way so that they can be productive. And that's so true. It's very true with my team. I give them the autonomy to, you know, do their job individually, independently. And if they need anything, I'm always there for them. But if you micromanage them, they will leave. They're just not, not in that boat because they know what they're doing, their experience, they uh, thrive on the autonomy. 100%. And sometimes that can be hard as a leader where maybe you want to, you want to interject something, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but, but you know that by doing so, you may deflate them, right? And so mm -hmm. it's like, all right, you know what, like, as long as, as long as the, um, uh, their, the outcome is there, sometimes you have to refrain from uh, um, interjecting too much into the actual roadmap to get to the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. So you're passionate also about mental health in the workplace every day. So not just during Mental Health Awareness Week, but all the time. So tell us more about that. Yeah, um, so I, I had written an article um, last year during Mental Health Awareness Month, and 
you know, it was very popular, became very popular during the pandemic for Mm -hmm. companies to start doing mental health days or um, providing individuals with one mental health day a month or doing a mental health week and and shutting down um, for a period of time. And, And while I think that it's great that companies recognize that mental health is something that needs to be prioritized. I just don't think it's enough. Um, And so when I think about mental health in the workplace, I think our our obligations are so much, so much more. And it's about creating an environment where teams feel okay to discuss mental health, where teams feel it's okay to have mental health challenges Mm-hmm. Um, and not just not just say, hey, hey, you know what? We're gonna go ahead and you know shut shut everything down for a week because people are burned out. I have had my share of recommendations to executives about expanding the time off for you know whether it was Independence Day and expanding that to to an extra you know few days off mm-hmm. or doing you know, shutdowns during um, during the the winter holidays. But more than that, I think it's important for leaders to emulate um, the what, what we expect from a mental health, uh, the ability to talk about mental health in the workplace. So mm-hmm. what do I mean by that? Um, there are times when I have had a bad day at work. I think we all have. Mm-hmm. And, and there are times where something maybe in my personal life was impacting um, my ability to operate effectively on a on a certain day or in a certain meeting, and um, you know, as leaders, we're we're kind of expected to always be on, or at least that's the expectation I grew up with as as a Gen Xer, um, always on. Um, there's there is no bringing work into, or there's no bringing life into work. It is mm-hmm. the two are separate, um, but. Uh, you know, one of the things that I practice is if I'm not in the right headspace, uh, I will tell my team, you know, I'm like, hey, look, you know what, today, I'm not there, right? Like, it's not, I'm not in the best mental health space today. And Mm -hmm. I need to take a break. Um, Can we, is there something that is urgent that we need to discuss? Can we put this off? Um, Is this, you know, like, and I ask for their permission to be able to do it versus just canceling on someone or, or, you know, not showing up for a meeting. But at the same time, I let them know the reasons why. And that provides them with the permission to do the same, right? So by me saying, hey, look, you know what, here's my challenges personally, and demonstrating that vulnerability, I'm giving them permission to do the same back with me. And that I think is a much healthier um, environment in which to work um, that will help reduce the amount of burnout and stress that my team experiences because before it gets to that burnout level, they will take the breaks that they need and they will take care of themselves personally. That is that is so, so good. But but really, you have to be vulnerable. And people are like, I can't say I need a mental day, you know, are they going to think I'm crazy or, you know, whatever. But that being authentic and being real, and showing that you're human too, and you can have a burnout 
time too that you need to slow down and shut down and that really gives them permission like you said to to know that it's okay to have that which is so so important now i wanted to add one thing is you know having the days off is one thing but really really focusing on shut shutting down your electronics and your computers and your phones is even more critical. What do you think of that? So I couldn't agree more. Um, I just took a vacation. I'm fresh back from vacation today from, mm -hmm. um, from a lovely trip to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And I told my team before I left that I'm going to try to be the shining example of the vacations that I want each of you to take. Nice. I am not bringing my laptop with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were all like, what? And uh, <laughs> I, I didn't, I did not bring my You're brave with. soul. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, in the time of COVID and, you know, all these other challenges, even, even my husband said, well, what are you going to do if we get stuck in Mexico and we can't get back mm -hmm. into the U.S.? You're not going to be able to work. Like, I'll figure it out. Right. But I'm not going to bring my laptop. Um, I, I don't think, I think that as a leader, it's my job to set the example. Um, so, you know, admittedly, I checked Slack on my phone on occasion. Um, I did it more for me to not be overwhelmed when I got back mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. 1 million Slack messages, but I refrained from responding, right? So anything that mm -hmm. was there, I was like, I'm, you know what, I'm good. Somebody else is going to get this and it's going to be okay. Um, there were no burning emergencies while I was gone. Anything that happened could be taken care of. Um, was all taken care of. So um, I highly encourage my teams to completely shut down. I have been known to mute people on Slack. I don't know if you know that this is a thing, um, but Slack has a mute button where you can mute individuals. So mm. I've had people on my team who go on vacation and would look and still Slack. Hmm. Or will slack me about things. Mm -hmm. And I have literally muted them while they were <laughs> on vacation. And I've told them, I am muting you. So I will not get any more of your Slack messages. I would suggest that you <laughs> shut down the rest of the week <laughs> and turn it off. That's because, great. You know, uh, and they would, it wasn't that they were slacking me about anything that was an emergency, right? It was random you know, just random things to do with work. I'm like, it's not important. Go mm -hmm. enjoy your time, right? Like, And be present in your vacation. You know, you really need yes. to be present wherever you are. Yes, yes, 100%. So I, what a great example. And you are really a true example of a great, great leader because, you know, that's hard to do. I've owned my business for 32 years and take my laptop and don't know what a what a vacation looks like without answering emails. So I want to get to your place soon. <laughs> I was not always this way. Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, admittedly, it took me many years to learn to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's, you know, one of the kind of going back to the, um, you know, leading women, right? Women have a difficult time setting boundaries sometimes mm -hmm. when it comes to mm -hmm. work, right? Mm -hmm. And um, 
And it took me a very long time to learn how to set proper boundaries with work and manage the expectations um, of others. Because if you don't set boundaries for yourself, no one else is going to do it for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, right before the va- right before vacation, we we have an executive offsite that's coming up, and literally the day before I left, my CEO said, "Hey, can you work on the agenda?" Um, for, for the executive offsite and that, that is happening this week. And I said, no. Wow. <laughs> and I'm so like, proud of you. <laughs> like, there, there was a very, you know, like silent moment in the mm-hmm. Zoom conversation. And I said, I'm leaving for vacation tomorrow and I can't be held accountable for any agenda that I would come up with while drinking margaritas by the beach. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. What did he say? He said, oh, yeah, right. Okay, that's cool. And he was totally fine with it, right? Yeah. But it would have been really easy for me to say, of course, I can work on Mm -hmm. this agenda and then carved time out of my vacation because clearly I didn't have anything, any meetings on the calendar for the next, you know, eight days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I clearly could have done that. But I knew I needed to set that boundary right then and there, because if I didn't, then it would start with that and keep going into the other days of your vacation. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I was Mm -hmm. like, no, all right. And, you know, and I even said to him, I, I, during the conversation, I I made the joke. I'm like, yay, I held my boundary and and he laughed about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's great, Robin. I really, really am impressed. And very, very happy you shared this with our listeners because I think women need to do more of that. And the more we set our boundaries, the more other people will respect it. Absolutely. Yeah. So culture is so critical to the success of an organization. Can you share some best practices that you've learned over the years to make positive shifts in the workplace culture? Yeah, so, you know, I think it comes down to just a handful of things. And I'm going to make it sound really easy, right? Clearly, there's a lot of companies out there that don't have good culture. So it's not that easy. Um, But having a really clear set of vision and values um, for the company that are more than just words on paper, I think are, are absolutely key and fundamental because culture is, is defined by how work gets done. It's not defined by what work gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the values help guide how work gets done. Um, and so I think that that is absolutely critical. Um, I'm lucky enough to work for, uh, for a startup that has a very founder-led culture, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which means that it starts at the top, right? There's no, um, there's, there's no debating that our vision and values are not part of, uh, part of the company because they are literally ingrained from the very top. So I think nice. that's one, um, you know, one key element. The second is really about transparency. So helping people understand where you're going, what you're doing, why you're doing it, and also where they stand in helping you get there, right? So mm-hmm. how are you helping me get there? Um, how go- how well are you doing around helping me get to where I'm going? Um, mm-hmm. That's all about the transparency aspect. So having open communication and dialogue, 
trusting people to make really good decisions. I said earlier that you know, I hire really smart people and, and you know I have to trust that they're going to do a really good job, that they know what to do. Um, and I have to, I have to give them that trust. And I think there are so many companies out there, especially since we've moved to this remote world, right? Where they're installing um, you know, technology to track your productivity and make sure that you're working. And I, I, it, like, it boggles my mind that, that companies would go to these lengths, right? To not trust their right. team. Um, and with transparency and openness, I think you can alleviate a, a lot of that. So mm -hmm. I think you know, transparency is the second. And then the third is feedback, right? Like getting, collecting and soliciting feedback from your teams. You have to have a continuous improvement mindset. And you, you, have, you can't be really stuck in the, this is the way we are going to do things. Um, and not- Or we've always done it this way. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, this is the way we're gonna do it because we've always have. Mindset, you have to be willing to shift your shift your mindset and do things differently and take recommendations and suggestions and sometimes that can be really hard right especially like if you built something that means a lot to you and you think it's the best thing in the whole wide world and somebody comes along and they're like hey you know what here's a couple of improvements you can make mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and like if you have a new benefits package for example right again i work in hr right so there could be a brand new benefits package that i really i think it's like amazing and somebody's like, hey, you know what would be really great is if we could do, and I'm like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a moment where you stop, and you're like, uh-huh, okay. But uh, I'm not like this revolutionary HR leader, right? The ideas that I have come from the people who work for the companies that I support. Mm -hmm. And it's you know, by listening and soliciting feedback and listening to their opinions and their ideas and their recommendations that um, have led to my ability to create these amazing cultures um, and, and great companies. That's great. That's great. Great, great advice in that. So, you know, during the pandemic, I learned a lot about empathy because I was a very strict leader and followed, you know, wanted people to make sure they were right on time, make sure they were present in every meeting. And we run a remote company. So, you know, even before the pandemic. Um, but tell us how you lead with empathy in this ever-changing workplace, because sometimes it's difficult. And sometimes it's easier, you know, it just depends on the day, I guess. But, you know, now I'm more uh, empathetic to dogs and kids and everything happening on the phone call where I never used to be like that before. Tell me some of your, um, what did you learn about empathy during the pandemic? Yeah, so I think I think I was in the same boat as you where... Mm -hmm. You know, prior to the pandemic, I, I absolutely was that that person who mm -hmm. was like, "Why is so and so always coming in? You know, thirty minutes late, right? Right? <laughs> what is going on? Why can't you get here on time?" Mm -hmm. um, and and after the pandemic and moving to to remote environment, um, I learned a lot more about this whole work life integration. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that's where the empathy starts to begin is in the recognition that, 
there is a work-life integration. It is not a work-life balance, no matter what anybody says. There are moments mm -hmm. when work completely overtakes my life. There are mm -hmm. moments when that happens. And it's odd, it, the balance is that work gets all of my attention. Mm -hmm. And then there are moments when my life requires and demands more attention. And, and that's okay too, right? And so I've learned that um, if I am experiencing this, then it's clear that others are experiencing the same thing. And I think for me personally, I went through the pandemic with a two-year-old mm -hmm. who was no longer in school, um, sitting by my side, wanting to show her, uh, her whatever her latest stuffy was that she had to mm -hmm all of my colleagues on Zoom calls <laughs> and do show and share with everybody in my company. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so going through that myself really helped me recognize that, oh my gosh, that this is what I've got going on, right? Like right, what, right. what on earth are, are the rest of my team members going through? Um, yeah. And, you know, and then expanding that beyond, right? Like eventually kids went back to school, right? And all that. But there are still things that, that come up. Um, and I've always been an you know, more of a kind of empathetic leader. At least I would like to think I have been. Um, but my empathy got, it, it grew during mm -hmm. the pandemic for sure. Right. Um, and then it grew even more during various political situations that happened around mm -hmm. the globe, having, you know, a global workforce has, has been very trying over the last few years. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, just really under, looking to understand what my team members are going through across the entire company um, has, has led to this higher degree of, of empathy. Nice, yeah. I have. That's very good. I mean, it's so true with the global organization. It doesn't even matter global. It's just putting yourself into their shoes and feeling what they're feeling, right? That's what's so important about being empathetic and not judging. Just right. know that they are in a place that you can never imagine how they are feeling. So um, really being empathetic, listening to them, giving them some grace is really, really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, people oftentimes are like, well, I don't know how to be empathetic. Um, <laughs> it's just like the last thing you said really resonates. It is about giving people grace mm -hmm. and, um, you know, allowing them to be them. Mm -hmm. It's okay because we all, no one is perfect. I had this conversation with my daughter, my now four-year-old daughter last mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. No one is perfect. We all have faults, but I still love you mm -hmm. just the way you are because I'm going to give you that grace. And, right. and that's really what it's all about. That's great. That's great. So Robin, on a personal note, who inspires you and why? So this is a great question. Um, you know, I find my inspiration from my team the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of, a lot of times you ask leaders this, right. And they may rattle off some mm -hmm. inspirational leader that's, that's well-known, but for me, my, my inspiration doesn't come from there. It, it comes from my team. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And when I say team, I mean, ju not just the team that I manage, but the individuals who, who work at my company. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is I see their resilience, right? Working in a tech startup is really, really hard. And the pace is really fast. Mm -hmm. And the changes are nonstop. And and then I look at the adversity that my team has gone through over the last few years between pandemic, political situations, fraudulent elections, wars, displacement from their homes. And I'm like, wow, these people continue to show up and give it their all every day mm -hmm. in spite of all the adversity. And that provides me with this tremendous amount of inspiration and it allows me to continue to uh, like come to work every day and mm -hmm. keep going in spite of all of the changes and the difficulties, you know, in in a tech startup and and trying to build out a, an HR organization that is growing really really fast. Yeah, so true, so true. So I love that, that your team inspires you every day, because I agree. I feel the same way. It's like, it's my team that I get up in the morning to come to work for, you know, get to my desk and do everything for them so that they can be successful. They can grow. They can, um, I can help them in any way possible, but you know, it's so much going on in this world and add life to it. It is really impressive to see them show up every day, you know, and really work hard. Absolutely. Yeah, so true. So I love to travel and I always ask this question. It's a little bit selfish, so I can add maybe things to my bucket list. <laughs> so where's the most, your most favorite place that you've traveled to and why? I am in love with a tiny little island off the coast of St. Martin called Anguilla. Mm, that one's going on my list. I've never been there. Oh, oh my goodness. It is the most beautiful island. Um, so it's very quaint. It's British. Um, it is very quiet. <laughs> so, why, that why I, do love. I love. Yeah, when you shutting down that's what you need so that you can reflect and you can think and there are 31 different beaches and oh, wow. every one of them has a different um like a different type of landscape to it so mm -hmm. you will have everything from pools of water right they look like crystal clear pools with not a single wave mm -hmm. to rocky ocean shores that is amazing. You can surf. And the island is really small. Um, so you can get from one side of the island to the other in about 15 minutes. So it's not very big. And there's mm -hmm. amazing food, um, great restaurants, really friendly people. Uh, and it's and it's just, it's really quiet. There was one year we went um, and we were the only people on wow. the very beach that we went to. Wow. And this was before the pandemic. I was like, this is amazing. A private beach just for you. <laughs> I, like, I don't know if I'm supposed well, to How do you get there? How do you get there? Do you take a cruise or do you have to fly into? Where do you go? Yeah, how do you get so there? there's there's two different ways to get there. So one is you can fly into St. Martin and there is a mm -hmm. ferry that will take you to Anguilla. The ferry is about 20 minutes. Okay. Uh, pretty quick. And St. Martin has uh, a commercial 
large commercial okay. uh, airport. Okay. And then um, the other way is to fly directly into Anguilla, which yeah. is a much smaller airport. Mm -hmm. um, but you can get there. They have direct flights from Puerto Rico. So if you can get to Puerto Rico, then you can get a direct yeah. flight. To oh, Anguilla. that's awesome. Definitely going on my list. It's something I want to see. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, it is just the most beautiful island I've ever been on, Jennifer. We I, I can't it. wait. I can't wait. It's going on my list. So maybe <laughs> early next year. Is there a good time to go? So I've, I've been there in May, November, and uh, over New Year's. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say that New Year's was a little bit more crowded. Mm -hmm. um, by crowd, crowded is all relative, yeah. it's all relative <laughs> to having a beach by myself. Mm -hmm. The last week of November, entire beach to myself. Wow. Um, to you know, like having to make reservations for a restaurant mm -hmm. in in December, like over the holidays, and then May, May. May is also beautiful. But as I learned last week, you could face hurricane season, could face the anomaly of an early hurricane season. Okay. So it is the beginning. So of November is your recommendation, really? I would go with November. It's beautiful. Okay. All right. That's I may amazing. run into you on a beach. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. You won't have the beach to yourself now anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was so much fun and such an honor to have you on. Thank you so much, Robin, for your time and contribution. I know our listeners will enjoy this, this episode very much. So in closing, what advice would you give to a woman considering a career in the tech industry? Jennifer, it's also been a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my, my advice would be don't give up. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, it's, if you want to work in tech, um, don't think that because you don't have the experience in technology that you can't get there. Um, there, are, there are ways to um, either self-learn or um, you can go in a very unconventional route like me um, who, started, who started in a, in a printing <laughs> background. Um, but don't give up. Um, don't, don't settle, don't give up and, and keep trying. That's great, great advice. Um, so Robin, share with our listeners how they can get a hold of you. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's Robin Corrales. Um, and you can also find me on Facebook or Instagram. And it's also under Robin Corrales. I make myself pretty easy to find. That's great. Well, Robin, thank you again. It was a pleasure and an honor. I really appreciate you. And hopefully you'll come back again sometime. Sounds wonderful, Jennifer. I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum 
on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.